Association of Nurse Practitioners. I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's of official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. In episode 61 of NP Pulse, five nurse practitioners interviewed at the 2022 AANP National Conference. They shared their perspectives on networking, leadership, and much more. Today, six more attendees of the National Conference will provide a deeper dive into a subject so crucial for NPs, mentorship. These advanced practice nurses include two of our AANP International Advanced Practice Nurse Ambassadors. All of the guests will share their experiences as mentors and mentees, and will also discuss resilience and what NPs can do to counter burnout and thrive, especially during these stressful times. Now, I'd like to welcome AANP New York South State Representative, Dr. Mary Koslap Petrako. AANP Fellows, Dr. Allison Mitchell and Michelle Knowles. AANP Member, Dr. Nicole Oliver. And AANP International APN Ambassadors, Joseph Kilsara and Patricia Ludnick to the podcast. Please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about your current role. My name is Dr. Mary Kosla Petraco and I'm from Massapequa Park in New York. My role as an NP is a really diverse role. I spent 30 years in the health department in Suffolk County practicing public health and as a primary care provider and working in immunizations and the lead program. And now I've graduated to private practice. So I have a private practice that I see mostly adolescents. I do school physicals, I make house calls. And I think on my feet to do things the way that need to be done for our patients. Just to give you an example of some of the things that I've done is, of course, the, the pandemic has affected all of us. And school was abruptly closed. I had children who were going to college who needed to have their physicals and their vaccines and their paperwork, and the parents were really panicking. So I packed my bags, as I would have done for any other public health case, and I made the house calls in head-to-toe PPE, and I did school physicals, gave vaccines, and wrote paperwork on people's back porches. My name is Michelle Knowles, and I'm a nurse practitioner in Kansas, western Kansas, very rural, halfway between Kansas City and Denver. I've been an MP for 27 years, and back when I started, you had to explain what an MP was to every single patient. And it's been a wonderful evolution through the years to get to the point where people know who you are as far as an NP, what you can do, and what your role is in their health care. 
So it's an extremely fun um, look back over my, my past um, from when I started. So that's been nice. Um, I've been a primary care nurse practitioner and have taken care of patients for 24 years. And then the last three years, I've been in the academic setting where I've been developing a simulation lab for nurse practitioners to teach them how to take care of patients, what to look for, and different, eh, just different scenarios that may come up in their practice so that they have some experience in a safe setting. So that's what I've been doing. Nicole Oliver and I'm from Arkansas. So I am dual certified as an acute care and family nurse practitioner. So I work in a variety of roles. I work at a primary care clinic primarily, and so I do care across the lifespan, their primary care across the lifespan. I do some acute care stuff still um, in clinical practice, but I also teach at the University of South Alabama where I obtained my doctorate degree. My favorite part about being an NP is probably getting to know the patients and what their baseline is and then able to help them through specific things. And usually in acute care especially, which is what I love to do, you're seeing them at the worst moments of their life and you're getting to help them through those moments and you're getting to help their family through those moments. And so usually that's what I tell people is my very favorite part. And my second favorite part is precepting other nurse practitioner students to help them prepare for the role. Hi, I'm Allison Mitchell. I'm from Houston, Texas and originally from New Zealand. I'm an acute care NP. I became an NP in... 2001 after 13 years of nursing and it was exciting because it was a new uh, population that we were to be taking care of and during the time that I was in school we were trying to encourage physicians to try before you buy you know we can really help you as a uh, acute care nurse practitioner so I've had a great journey uh, mainly as a hospitalist I've seen the role evolve. I've seen many people uh, become essential people in the hospital and providing a really great role because often there's pieces of communication that are missing and there's that mediation needed, maybe a little more explanation and also a lot more expertise. Now, a lot of acute care NPs are also, they do a lot of procedures, they have a lot of expertise in radiology, all sorts of ways that they've made themselves invaluable in the hospital system. So it's been a real privilege. My name is Patricia Lunežnik. I am from Slovenia. That's from Central Europe. Uh, we're located next to Italy, Austria, Hungary and Croatia. Uh, so I am a representative of Europe here and I'm an international ambassador of uh, 2022 what it means to be an international ambassador. Uh, it's a great honor for me, first of all, and I'm very thankful uh, to hold this organization uh, that I am able to attend this conference and to have this title so that I'm international ambassador. Uh, it means um, a great opportunity to come here and to explore how actually advanced nursing practice looks like in practice, in practice, because back at home, we're still developing this role. Uh, we have just um, implemented the first um, 
was postgraduate master's program for advanced nursing practice, uh, but we don't have a legislation about uh, implementation of, of this role into the practice yet. So this is a great opportunity to network, to experience um, advanced nurse practice in US. My name is Joseph Kilasara uh, from Tanzania. So I'm from the northern part of Tanzania, we, uh, from the Kilimanjaro region. I also have APN. I finished my master's program from the University of, of Botswana, 2020. Yeah, so I'm the only ambassador uh, from my country. And so far, I'm the only one APN that I'm currently uh, practicing and working fully in Tanzania. Well, uh, the APN advancement role started in my country since 2015, and uh, we were kind of working with the, it, it was a project, a collaborative project from the people from Tanzania and from the people from Duke uh, University in North Carolina. So we had uh, that project, and uh, the aim was to promote uh, the APN role in the country and uh, because we are facing a lot of uh, challenge, healthcare challenges in our country, and uh, we thought maybe the only way to bridge and uh, make sure that we escalate the care of the people from my place is to have that uh, advanced uh, nurse practitioner role. So because I was there at the faculty, at the faculty member at the school, so I was the, I was chosen to go for further studies and to make sure that he, uh, I come and teach and uh, start implementing the APA role in the country. So in 2018, I got that kind of scholarship from my university and I went to Botswana to pursue this, this program. So from then, I became the APN in my country. Joseph and Patricia, it was so great to meet you both at the National Conference and learn more about the work you're doing to advance nursing practice in your countries. Each of you exemplify the leadership qualities that are hallmark of advanced practice nursing. We learn about the importance of leadership as students from faculty and mentors who help us envision and then embody our roles as NPs and APNs. Could each of you share a little bit about the value of mentorship, how you came to be a mentor or a mentee, and what mentorship has meant to you as you pursued your professional goals? The value of mentorship, oh my gosh, it's hard to put that into words because it is so important. It's, it's the, the foundation of being able to take nurse practitioner students and get them into the real world with some confidence. When I was a new nurse practitioner, we didn't have a lot of mentorship back then, and you had to kind of find your own way. You went through classes and you went through clinical and things like that, but your clinical was usually with physicians back then. You didn't have very many MP role models. And yet, we were standing on the shoulders of the NP founders, and so we were already one step up. And now the MPs today in this new generation are coming along, and they need to be um, mentored so that they know what we know, um, so that we can teach them 
how to be confident in the clinical setting and some of those little tricks that we've learned along the way so that they can step up and be one shoulder height higher um, as they go out into the real world and they replace us because I plan to retire sometime in the near future. So uh, I'm looking at those new graduates thinking they're in a good spot and they're gonna do great. I was the Kansas State um, rep for AAMP for 10 years from 2008 to 2018. And it was an awesome opportunity to be able to get um, get to know AAMP and get to know the board of directors and get to know other state representatives so that you had a network that you could work with and be able to bounce ideas off of, bounce problems off of, or concerns in your state. It was, an, it was a wonderful opportunity. And as a fellow, I really enjoy the networking and being able to visit with other fellows that I know that are in leadership roles and be able to bounce things off of them and get ideas that may help our state and um, even practice in rural, you know, rural areas that uh, is, is really beneficial. So I would encourage anybody to step up and become involved in AAMP and then, you know, eventually that leads to more leadership opportunities and either policy or research or education, um, whatever your interest is, to develop that even further. Uh, in 2015, I became a fellow, which is great. And I want to be very clear that it's not just letters. It's a working title. So as a fellow, it really means that you have contributed a lot, but you have a lot more to contribute. So uh, those of you that are thinking of becoming a fellow, do the work, do the work first, but then think how you can give back. Uh, one of the ways that AAMP has chosen to give back is through a mentoring program. And I was privileged to be a mentor to Irene. Uh, she was my mentee. For five months, we had conversations almost every two weeks and then finally at the welcome reception here at AAMP, we got to meet. And it was a fantastic experience. I thank Khalil for putting to us together, but hearing the inspiring life of Irene and where she's come from and the changes that she's made even, even now in these last five months has been colossal. Uh, it was a real privilege being her mentor and just listening asking leading questions, not solving problems. Um, it's definitely something you have to learn because as nurse practitioners, we want to solve problems, but sometimes it's just good to ask questions and see where they lead. Uh, Irene has, um, she said, oh, I've never had a mentor before. It's been a wonderful experience of sharing. We found out that we had a lot more in common than we thought, not just as nurse practitioners, um, but as people, our families, our background, uh, it was a real sharing. And I feel that I have grown uh, from mentoring Irene. So I encourage you to consider mentoring. Mentoring is probably one of the most important things we do as nurse practitioners. It's not knowledge till you give it away. And I think it's our responsibility 
to take on our little babies, what, no matter what their ages are, and care for them, nurture them, teach them, and be models for them. And, you know, I'm one of the older, I shouldn't say older, I call myself a dinosaur um, because I've been in this business for so long. And I don't want to die with all this stuff in my head. So if I don't give it away to my students who I treasure, um, it'll be lost. And all that previous knowledge uh, will be lost with it. And I try to empower them to do the same. If I give it to you, it's your job to give it away to the next person that you mentor. I tell my students, you can't live in this little microcosm of your own little job. I've discussed this issue uh, about mentoring and why it's so important to mentor and to teach mentoring amongst my colleagues. Uh, one of my big things is you don't know where you're going until you know where you've been. So the job is to teach people that it's important to get involved in your NP organization because if you don't do it, who will? And you could be legislated right out of existence with the strike of a pen. So if you don't get in there and get involved and become part of this movement, this, this profession that we all love dearly, you may have it taken away from you. So it's our professional responsibility to do something. You don't have to do big things, you can do small things. I think Mother Teresa said it best. You can do small, nobody has to do big things, but if everybody does small things with love, we will all be better for it. So if everybody does a little bit for our organizations, then that benefits all of us and not just ourselves. And I think that's something else that's really important that we, we do as NPs. We don't just think about ourselves. We think about our fellow NPs. So if you're a little reticent, don't just do it for yourself. Do it for your fellow NP. Do it for the future. So I had a great mentor whenever I was in nurse practitioner school, and she is why I actually went to nurse practitioner school, because I was a nurse and I was working with her in the emergency department, and she kept saying, you need to go back to school. I know you could do this, and you're going to do great things. And so I went back to school, and she ended up precepting me during my training, which was just amazing. And so it has actually come full circle, because now that I work in a primary care clinic, that mentor and preceptor has come to be my patient and so it has been just this great this great thing throughout my whole like schooling and career to just come full circle like that and I precept students too and so it's just I try to exude that what she taught me all the things she taught me I try to exude that as a preceptor so that other people will be very inspired like I was and and do great things. Yeah, for me, I would say uh, mentoring is, uh, is very important because uh, sometimes, like myself, I'm still mentored by people because I'm, I'm transforming from being a general nurse to be a nurse, but a APN. So I need people to coach, to teach, to instruct and direct me what I'm supposed to do and try to, 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 to differentiate the the role of um, general nurse and APN. Uh, mentoring is very important and is very essential, especially when we want to, uh, to we say when we want to inoculate the, uh, the traits of APN. So we really need someone to guide, someone to be there for us, and someone to encourage us. Because I'm, like myself, I need support from, uh, from other people who are not staying in my country because I'm just alone. So networking and uh, having this kind of conversation and discussion through Zoom and through other platforms, it's really uh, 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 
a comfort for me and I don't feel like I'm alone. I feel like I have a lot of people back and I need to make sure that I push this forward. Yeah, so that is the advantage of mentorship and I've been mentored by so many other people. I cannot mention all, but they have been so much uh, making sure that uh, how things are going on in Tanzania. So they've been uh, texting me now and then to make sure that things are going well and yeah. So that is very, very crucial to have a mentor in this APN journey. Yeah, so for me, this is a great opportunity to be at the uh, APN conference. And uh, maybe I want to talk a little bit about the APN. So I, I've, I was introduced to APN in 2018 when I was still at school. I met one of the member from uh, US who, is, who was teaching at the University of Botswana. Her name is Deborah Gray. So she taught me pharmacology by then, and then one day she called me in her office and said, Joseph, do you know about APN? I said, no, I have no any idea. So she said, this is a, a great platform, so I want you to register and be a member. So from then, I started at the ICN student subgroup. I, I met a lot of international fellow there, so we start kind of chatting and exchanging some ideas and experience while I was still at school. And then I, I joined the, the APN officially in 2019. So from that uh, moment, I've been in touch with international colleagues and uh, we have been in on and off conversation with the Kathy Pereira, uh, Kathy Wheeler, and, and the rest. So we have been so much in touch. But I was also influenced by uh, one of the uh, I can say one of the activists of APN, although she's staying in UK, but she's from Zimbabwe. Uh, her name is Bongi, somebody Bongi, yeah. So, she, yeah, Bongi, yeah, well. So she was an inspirational person to me because she was kind of motivating me and saying, Joseph, don't feel uh, that you are alone. We are a lot of us that we are trying to make sure that we are pushing this APN role in the country. So from then I've been in touch and in 2020, I applied for the international uh, ambassador. It was a, a scholarship and uh, I got the link from Bongi. Yeah, she sent to me that link and then I applied. So after that, I went through the interview and application process and then I was lucky to be uh, selected to represent uh, the international ambassadors from Tanzania. So that is where I met all these connections and I feel so much proud because I believe through this uh, opportunity, I've been able to, uh, to, to meet many other people uh, whom we are just chatting through LinkedIn and through WhatsApp and through Facebook. So, but this, op this uh, opportunity make me meet them in person and discuss and see how we can uh, develop uh, the APN role in Tanzania. So it's a great network and a very resource platform for me and for APN in Tanzania as well. Who's helped me along the way? I think that um, in this moment I should thank to all of uh, employees at the faculty where I'm coming from because they're really, really working hard and uh, pushing forward the uh, nursing in Slovenia. Uh, they were the ones that uh, implemented this program at, uh, of advanced nursing practice in Slovenia and they also accomplished to implement uh, first PhD program in nursing in Slovenia just a few years ago. So I think um, all 
employees in this faculty. It's a University of Maribor Faculty of Health Sciences. Um, should be, uh, I should be thankful uh, to them to, to mentor me and to believe uh, in the future of uh, nursing in Slovenia. I think I, I'm quite ambitious about um, the future of nursing in Slovenia and I think it's a right thing to do to come here and to learn something new and back at home we have to start spreading the word about uh, advanced nursing practice because it's still not recognized yet uh, and I think since I'm young and I'm at the beginning of my nursing career that's, um, that's a mission that I can accomplish during my working years and that's what I want to do. Thank you for sharing your experiences being mentored and for seeking ways to pay it forward by inspiring the next generation of nursing leaders. I'm so excited to hear about the growth of advanced practice nursing, not only within the United States, but internationally as well. Your perspectives and practice settings are so diverse. Tell me, what challenges have you encountered during the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, as an acute care NP, obviously I was in the hospital for um, the surges uh, in Texas. I just started a new job on uh, October 5th, uh, 2020. And within three weeks, we, was, we were within a surge. So you kind of jump in and, and get in the team. Everybody's putting on PPE. I was on a 30-bed floor, which swelled to 48. We double-roomed people, including we had COVID couples, husband and wife, in the same room. So at one time, we had four COVID couples on the floor. Uh, this was good because the emotional strain on the staff and family members wanting to check on each other, if they were right next door, they, could, they knew what was happening, and plus they could be cared for. Many things happened during COVID that drew us together as a team. I was in a 312-bed hospital that swelled to over 500 patients because we wanted to accommodate. Um, we have the second busiest ER of a 17-hospital system, so a lot of people coming through the ER. Um, a lot of encouragement to our ER staff and our physicians and our hospitalists. Everybody was working hard. So we became a very tight team. At 8 o'clock every morning, we would have instant command to figure out the plan for the day. But by being included in that, there was just a whole sense of team, of family, and of support for each other. Um, so it was, it, was, it was very good. And one thing I want to share is after this, the surges were over, uh, what happened was you could nominate somebody for employee of the year. In our little hospital, we had 63 people nominated for employee of the year. I love this because when you unpack that, that's 63 people appreciating people for what they did and writing them up in a positive way, saying, I really appreciated what you did. So what our hospital did, instead of just having one employee of the year, they gave out awards for employee of the year nominee so 63 people, we got to hear their stories and appreciate them as a working family. So that really, really helped. With COVID, I was in the academic setting by then. And so it was a lot different in the academic setting because we were 
not going to clinicals. <laughs> we were not allowed. And so we had to find alternatives to teach uh, the nurse practitioner students. And so that's where the simulation lab really came into uh, being as far as a very important tool to teach nurse practitioner students what they're looking at, how to evaluate it, how to assess and, and evaluate and then um, come up with a plan for their patient and that condition, whatever it was. And so it was really fun to be able to look outside the box and instead of looking at just clinical, to come up with different scenarios and different experiences for nurse practitioner students so that they could still learn and still feel confident when they got out of school. I am a primary care provider, so I kind of look at the world through that lens. But I also know that my NP colleagues who were working in acute care really had to step up to the plate because many of them were pulled out of their specialty, especially we peds people, and they were put in uh, units with adults because in the, initially the hospitals were really full of adult COVID patients rather than pediatric COVID patients. So here were my pediatric colleagues, my own students, who had never seen an adult patient since school and now had to adapt themselves and they did and they rose to the occasion and they cared for those patients and cared for those patients well. There were big things like how are we going to see our patients? So nurse practitioners stepped up to the plate. I had colleagues who were seeing patients in the parking lot so they didn't have to have more than one patient in the office at one time. Um, they were um, giving vaccines in parking lots. They were seeing patients in parking lots. I am from New York State, so we were, from the very beginning of the COVID pandemic, the um, mandatory collaboration rules were suspended. And I'm really happy to say that they're gone altogether because now New York has turned green and we are a full practice state. Um, but those were some of the issues uh, to make sure that nurse practitioners were available to care for their patients. Mary, congratulations to you and to all NPs in New York who have worked so hard to advance NP practice. Full practice authority gives patients full and direct access to the high quality care nurse practitioners provide. Michelle, I hear we've had some good news in Kansas this year. Well, I was, uh, or I am on a leadership team in Kansas that just finally got full practice authority for Kansas. It was an exciting, exciting time. We had worked for 16 to 18 years trying to get the uh, legislators to understand what a nurse practitioner does. And so finally, um, removing that barrier to care in Kansas meant we were focusing on access to care and the cost of health care. And our, our, we developed a coalition with Chamber of Commerce and um, a, a whole lot of organizations that are consumer oriented. It was an access to care. It was on the top list of most of the consumer or the business groups in Kansas. And so it was very important that they were on board with our bill. And so AANP came into the state and this spring and gave us that extra push that we needed. Ashley Shu and Tay Kapanos were on board with us. They were an awesome powerhouse when it came to moving that bill through Kansas. So we've been celebrating since probably the late April, early May. <laughs> 
when it passed both the House and the Senate and went on to the governor for a signature. And so that is probably the biggest barrier we've been focusing on in Kansas was licensure and trying to get past that so that we could move forward with getting more care out into rural areas because we are a, a very rural and frontier state. And so it was very important that we develop ways to get nurse practitioners out into all of the areas of Kansas because we're in every county except three. So we need to be used and allowed to take care of patients. So that's probably the biggest thing as far as barriers to care that I've been focused on for quite a while. Work remains to be done to ensure patients across the nation have full and direct access to NP-delivered care. With more than half the nation now embracing full practice authority, there is much to celebrate, but much remains to be done for patients in the 24 states without FPA and even internationally. Joseph and Patricia, tell us more about the progress that is being made in your countries. I'm facing a lot of challenges so far because, uh, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to introduce a new program or a new role in the, in the, in the healthcare system. Yeah, and because the, 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 exists, the healthcare professions have been there for many years and we have a lot of physicians, uh, uh, and other pharmacists and other nurses. So to penetrate as APN sometimes is very challenging because we are facing a lot of uh, uh, roadblocks in terms of policies, in terms of your, your colleagues, your health care professionals, like the, the physician, they are still against the, the APN role. We are also facing challenges from our fellow nurses because it's like it's something new they cannot understand. So they think maybe you are kind of transforming from being a nurse and maybe you want to assume the role of being a physician. The rural areas, we are facing a lot of shortage of staff. So the aim is now to, ad to equip these nurses with some advanced skills because uh, they are doing really a great job. So it's very important to make sure that we expand their boundary of practice because they are already doing it. So we need to, have, to equip them with enough skills and competence and knowledge for them to be confident and be able to practice in the, in the areas of work. And uh, the government is very supportive and uh, is very acknowledging that the, the role is very important because we also got the approval from the Minister of Health to have that kind of uh, program in my country. The board also is supportive, but the challenge was in the education system. The structure of the way, the structure of the education in my place is quite different, and they wanted us to kind of reviewing the curriculum and change some of the things and so that we can submit and get the approval. So the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the, the other challenge that I'm, I see is to be so much challenging to, 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 to get other trained people because uh, currently I'm just alone and we need like two or three or five uh, APN, PhD prepared nurses to make sure that we push this mission forward who can teach uh, people at master's level. So it's, it seems that we need a lot of uh, resources and we need a lot of funds to make sure that we are able to train people and we are able to, to, to develop this program in the country.
but everything has been in place and so far we are doing well with the support from the ICN, from the AAPN, they've been so much in touch trying to make sure that the things are moving forward. What I've learned so far is um, that we, we still have a lot of, a lot of things to, uh, to improve, to learn, because like I said, we still don't have this role in my country. And um, I'm inspired what are my colleagues here uh, doing, uh, what is their role, um, how knowledgeable they are. Um, and I think that's, that's, that made a great impression on me. And one thing I also uh, learned is that we have very different systems because we have a public health system. So it's a great difference in organization of health systems here and back at home. I think it's time to move forward, to, to develop our profession even more. Uh, we have to um, improve ourselves. And the most important thing why advanced nurse practice is because of patients. Uh, we have a huge uh, lack of um, care, especially in primary care where I come from. Um, people don't, don't have access to, uh, proper access to care. Uh, and I think that with that role, we could improve that and really focus on patient-centered uh, healthcare and uh, so that they could be treated holistically. And uh, I think this is the right way to go. This has been a great discussion. Is there anything else you'd like to share? A word of advice for our colleagues or final recommendations? What would be my advice for other uh, potential ambassadors? Um, just be brave and apply <laughs> and try to, to follow your vision and try to be ambitious and have some goals that you want to achieve and follow that goals and try to inspire others and yourself. <laughs> yeah, of course, I wanted to say that uh, for APN role is a very important role, in, especially in Sub-Saharan Africa, where the, the healthcare system is crippled. And we really need uh, to make sure that we, we, the focus of the APN is not like a professional fight. The aim is to make sure that we help our people. So it's really important to appreciate the APN role because it has been, uh, uh, what can I say, it, it has been a, a way of saving the, the, the people who are living in the underserved population, underserved areas, the marginalized people. So they need our help, they need our, our support. So being so much reluctant, because most of African countries, they are still reluctant, they don't understand this APN role well. I think it's, uh, it is affecting uh, the people who really need us to work and help them in, the, in their areas. So uh, my, I would like to say that uh, the, the policy maker in, my, in all African countries, they need to think about this, and they need to make sure that the focus is not to having APN as a profession, but the focus should be that we really need these people because our, our, our young, our mothers, uh, our, our children, they are dying with uh, limited access for health. Probably the bit of advice I'd say is don't let somebody tell you what you can and can't do because you can, you know, um, 
be inventive and you can create different scenarios or situations that are needed. I mean, we have so many healthcare needs and NPs are the ones that are usually the leaders in the, in the healthcare community that you're in. And so they are the ones that are thinking outside the box and think, looking at those deficits, looking at those missed opportunities and developing ways to address those needs and those holes out there, especially when we're looking at rural health care and using more and more telemed and, or telehealth, excuse me, and, uh, you know, just going, going a step further as far as what has been normally, you know, um, the things that you have uh, as far as, as, you know, blocks or as far as, as you know, limits. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not talking about going out your, outside of your scope of practice, but I'm talking about using your scope of practice and being innovative with it and finding ways to meet the needs of patients without, um, you know, without stepping on a lot of toes, but also being able to meet their needs and um, move everybody forward in a new, innovative way. I think you talked about just about like what we do as NPs, you know, why we do it, why mentoring is important, and why we need to be part of this greater good. I think if I wanted to add anything, it's like um, one hand clapping against itself is, you, you can't hear a single hand clapping. But if you put two hands together and you put two NPs together, um, we're clapping together. And we can, uh, we can accomplish so many more things. So I would say for people that are thinking about joining AANP, it's kind of interesting that you asked that because I personally require all of my students that precept with me to join Arkansas Nurse Practitioner Association as a student member. And then I require that they join AANP as a student. And I try to lead by example. And it really has gotten a lot of the students involved. And several of my students are on the board of Arkansas Nurse Practitioner Association now or former students just because they saw, you know, how passionate I was about it and everything. And so it's kind of neat because then they, they see that, then they come to conferences. I have one of my former students, I haven't seen her yet, but she's at this conference and she said, I came to this conference because you talked about it the past two years. I've been precepting with you and how fun it was and it's been so great. And I think that will help her get more involved and get more people involved. And I think it's just going to be this cascading effect that's going to be really awesome for the organization and for the profession as a whole. Yes, so um, one of the things that AMP has given to me is my very best friend. Um, and when I started going to conferences, I met Nan Alexander, a tremendous person. And we talked, and when we first started going to conferences, we would always look out for the new people because we want you to be a part. And so we would take people to dinner. So we always went out and we took new people to dinner so that they could meet. So over the years, those people have become dear friends. Um, Nan has become one of my best friends. We've been sharing conference rooms for over 15 years now, and she's become one of my best friends. This is part of the organization that we often don't talk about, one of the best benefits for your whole life. And so it's more than conference. And I've seen so many people throughout this conference just kind of hugging each other saying, 
it's so good to see you because we took for granted that once a year or twice a year we would see each other. It's really important to have community and that community becomes more than just a profession but they become your friends for life. So I'm so excited to be a part of AAMP. It's wonderful to be a fellow of AAMP and I can't wait to meet more people and help you along on your journey as well as I'm helping myself to do my journey. Thank you for sharing your insights about the importance of mentoring, building resilience, and increasing access to care for patients in your communities. There are so many valuable takeaways from this discussion, and I hope our listeners are as energized as I am by what you shared with us during these interviews. As you've heard, one of the great things about attending an AANP conference is the chance to meet colleagues at all stages of their careers. If you're interested in becoming a mentor or a mentee, watch for the AANP Fellows Career Enrichment Program, which will come out early next year, and then consider attending the 2023 AANP Health Policy Conference, January 29 through 31 in Washington, D.C. There, you will have the opportunity to enhance your advocacy skills and hear from leading health policy experts about issues that are important to NPs and our patients. AANP wants to hear from you. Please be sure to submit the 2022 AANP National NP Workforce Survey, which was mailed to many of you on September 2nd. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Thank <laughs> you.